there, I'm Jenna, and welcome to Butterfly Banter. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show to share my journey as a woman with Turner Syndrome, and a show to share stories of others that are affected by Turner Syndrome. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And now, let the banter begin. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Butterfly Banter. So happy to have you all here today. I have a lovely guest, Stephanie, with me today. Stephanie, would you like to say hello? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're so happy to have you and so excited to hear your story. Um, Stephanie, (laughs) why don't you go ahead and kick us off and let us know um, a little bit about where you're from and your journey with Turner Syndrome so far. Um, so I'm from New Jersey. Um, I was diagnosed at around 15 months old. Um, when I was a baby, um, some of my mom's friends and some of my other family members were kind of bringing it to my mom's attention that I wasn't hitting certain milestones that I should have been hitting. Mm-hmm. And um, she took me to a few doctors and they kind of, you know, were telling her at first, oh, you know, she'll get there. She's just taking her time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was told that by several different doctors. Um, then one day she brought me to one of my regular doctors, um, but he wasn't there that day. There was a fill-in doctor. Mm-hmm. And he... Um, after he examined me, he said to my mom, you know, she should be, um, doing like certain things, like certain milestones. And he definitely told my mom that, um, he thought I should see a neurologist. Yeah. And when my mom brought me to the neurologist at first, they actually diagnosed me with cerebral palsy. Oh, and, were, were you having yeah. um, symptoms of that, or what was it that led them to believe it, it might have been cerebral palsy? I guess whatever tests they do, or they, they did at the time, you know, like, he kind of, like, he picked me up, threw me down, like, fought me, tried to, um, I guess, checking my reflexes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was, when you get diagnosed with cerebral palsy, there's a whole like series of tests that you have to just go through. And one of them happened to be the chromosomal analysis, the karyotype. And that's how they actually found out that I had the Turner's mosaicism. Okay. Yeah. And so what was then? Sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after that, um, they did an ultrasound and then they found that I had like the gonadal streak and then they had to do surgery for that. That I had at about, I think, yeah, 15 months old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what exactly is that? Basically it's like, um, Y chromosome tissue Uh that kind of like forms and like, they kind of form like around where my ovaries are and they didn't fully develop. So, but the tissue actually had turned cancerous. Oh, so they had to remove that and they had to go in and take out um, my ovaries because they weren't developed. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and so they found that it was cancerous, huh? Even at- the, the tissue, yeah, the tissue had turned cancerous. Oh gosh! Well, it's a good thing that they found that, and that's pretty amazing that they found that at such a young age. Yeah, and it was just by coincidence that um, my regular doctor wasn't there that day, and the other doctor was there that told my mom that something was definitely not right, which led her to bring me to the neurologist. Yeah, that's kind of a was a fort, you know, a lucky break and fortunate for you that that doctor kind of was a little more heightened, you know, a little more aware and yes. was able to say, "Hmm, there's something really going on here," even though the other doctor knew something was going on but didn't do anything about it, it sounds like. Exactly. All the other doctors had told my mom, you know, like, "Oh, you know, she'll get there. She's taking her time." nothing to worry about well that doctor was definitely in the right place at the right time because that obviously led to you know your diagnosis with turner syndrome but then also led to them finding out about your ovaries and all of those things so that was that was definitely fortunate for you absolutely so did they since you found out at you know a very young age at you know before two um did they put you on growth hormones at a fairly early age yes um so i think i want to say i was around six or seven when they started me on them Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty average yeah yeah, I, yeah. I think I've learned six or seven. Yeah. Was that pretty tough? I know it's, I mean, at a young age, you kind of don't know, you you kind of don't know any different, and you don't know, you know, what it's like to not have to do shots. But I know I've spoken with other, other butterflies that started as young as you did and, um, you know, had to go from, I don't know, age five-ish to, you know, at least pre-teen so how did how did you do with all the shots and the growth hormones kind of over the span of time that you had to do them? Um, it was hard at first. Um, it was very, very difficult for my mom to get me to take the shots. Yep. Um, because at that age, I didn't really understand, like, the importance or, like, what it was actually doing. I just knew that I had to take a shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then eventually I kind of, like, I learned to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And then I found that it was a lot easier for me to give myself the shots. Yeah. So once I started giving the shots myself, it was a lot easier to do them and to keep up with them. Yeah. I, I ended up do, kind of doing the same thing. I ended up doing my own shots as well because my mom, she did them for a little while, but it was it was hard for her to do that <laughs> to me. You know, she felt, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, I mean, she knew it was something that needed to be done and, you know, that it was going to benefit me, hopefully. I was actually um, on a double blind stud growth hormone study for the National Institutes of Health. So I don't even know, even to this day, for sure if what I was doing was actual growth hormone or a placebo shot. 
but either way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I made it to all of 411, so I like to think that maybe <laughs> I was on the growth hormone. Um, yeah, where I'm 10. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> so I'm really trying for that last inch to hit at least five foot, but I haven't got there yet. <laughs> um, so how how was school for you? Um, I know that a lot of times with Turner Syndrome, we have non-ver- you know, the nonverbal learning disabilities and, um, you know, just different. It's kind of hard. Um, I know math was a struggle for me. Did you have any of those kind of troubles growing up? Oh, uh, math. Math and I were never, no, we were never friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really struggled with math. Um, I did pretty well in, like, I actually did pretty well in, like, certain sciences and, like English and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of my struggles in school were more with like the social aspect. You know, I yeah. kind of felt like I didn't really fit in. I felt like every time somebody met me, like all they noticed was like how tall I was. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost like every time I would meet somebody, they'd go, wow, you're tiny. And I'd be like, oh. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't noticed that before, you know, my whole yeah, life. <laughs> thanks for bringing that to my attention. Right. <laughs> I didn't really have too much trouble feeling like feeling different until probably like middle school because in elementary school everybody's still kind of growing and at dis- different growth, you know, growth spurts and different whatever. But I really started to notice in middle school and then obviously in high school when you know that I yeah was, for me yeah. for me too I definitely noticed it around middle school like sixth seventh eighth grade was when it started to be more and then high school was like when I like I kind of it was really really like I started to feel very different yeah that's one of the hardest things with Turner syndrome I think is is you just feel so Sometimes you feel so isolated and alone, um, you know, and even though there's other, I know in my school, I mean, there was other students that weren't like a whole ton taller than me, but yet I still just, I was the one that everybody seemed to zero in on, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So after and high school, did, did you go to college? Go um, I went to cosmetology school. Oh, awesome. Is that yeah. still what you're doing now? Yeah, I work in a salon. Um, I do hair. Um, and I also do some makeup. But um, my my area is more hair. Yeah. And I'm looking to possibly um, go back to school, maybe to learn something else, too. Um, something I'm thinking about, but I'm not sure yet. It's never too late to try something different if, you know, if you're feeling yeah. like, and even if it's in the same field, like you want to go a different area of cosmetology, you know, if you want to maybe focus more on the makeup instead of the hair or vice versa, you know, and whatever. Um, or it could be something completely exactly. different, but it's never too late to do something different. Yeah. 
like I know I definitely want to keep you know I definitely want to keep doing hair but I might want to just add something to it you know oh yeah for sure there's <laughs> yeah there's it's always good to have um, a variety of a skill set you know and not just be it's great to be super good at one thing but it's also nice to have other things in your toolbox exactly exactly yeah <laughs> so um i know that one of the big things with turner syndrome is you know the butterflies have to deal with is the infertility how have you kind of come to terms um with the infertility and with you having your ovaries taken out i mean at you know you're oh, not even two years old um what was that journey like for you ha coming to terms with that? Um, I mean, it was always when I would go to the endocrinologist, um, you know, we would always ask about that and ask what my options are. And I was told at one time that I would be able to carry but I would need like, I would need like a donor egg. Mm -hmm. And then I went to another fertility doctor just because I had to switch endocrinologists. And this doctor happened to be like, um, like a specialist, like he was a fertility doctor, but he also specialized in endocrinology. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he kind of told me the same thing. That was about, I'd say, 10 years ago yeah. when I was in my early 20s. I'm 33 now. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, like, what my situation would be now. Um, but it's kind of always been in my head that, like, I, you know, I might not be able to. So I always kind of thought of, you know, other options like surrogacy or adoption. Because I know I've always, I've always wanted kids. I've always wanted a family. Right. So I guess since I've known that since I was a teenager, I kind of like had it in my head and I always kind of was thinking about like what my possible options are. Yeah. And now, you know, now, <laughs> nowadays there's so many more options out there and, there's so many ways to build a family, you know, and to make a family. Yeah. And I know that's a tough question, but I, I like my guests to share kind of how, you know, their feelings with it is, because I know that that's one thing over and over and over again um, on this podcast and in the, the Turner Center groups that I'm in, you know, Turner Center butterflies really struggle with that. And not that, not that infertility is something that only butterflies deal with. I mean, there's other, you know, other pe other women out there that deal with it too. But I know it's just it's just nice to hear from somebody else, you know, how they kind of feel about it and to kind of validate how how we feel about it because it's really hard. It really is. I would say, I would say for me that's probably the most difficult part of having Turner syndrome for me. Yeah, and that's because, that's echoed yeah. in a lot of, you know, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's 
that's overall probably the biggest thing that I feel like comes up with Turner Center butterflies. Yes. Because like, even if I were to, you know, do surrogacy or adoption or anything like that, there's just something about, you know, like not being able to actually experience it and go through it. Yeah. And that part of it is really hard for me. Yeah, it's it's a huge loss, you know, because that's something that was taken away from you that that you didn't have a choice about. You know, and so it is it is it's like it's a huge loss for a lot of for all the butterflies, you know, that that we have to come to terms with. So I know really like I said, I know that's a hard question, so I appreciate you you know, sharing your feelings on that because there's lots of butterflies flies that feel just like you do. Absolutely. I I think it's I think it's also very it's good to be able to talk to other butterflies and have like a community of other women that can relate and know exactly how you're feeling and what you're going through. Yeah. Because it's one thing to, like, explain it to people, but it's another to be able to talk to somebody who knows exactly what it's like, who goes through it, mm-hmm. who goes through it as well, and knows exactly what you're feeling. Yeah. Have you been able to um, connect with any other butterflies or groups in your area? Actually, I've gotten on a few Facebook groups. I've gotten on a couple of them. Um, I have one friend that I met through doing theater because I also do theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I met another friend through doing that. And I didn't even know she had Turner syndrome until we were talking one day and she mentioned it. And I was like, wait, you have Turner syndrome? I have Turner syndrome. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have another friend that I'm really close with. Um, she lives in Florida. Um, that also has Turner Singer. So having them and, you know, being able to be in the Facebook groups and get into, you know, other forums and things and get to meet other butterflies has been really, really, really a big, big help. Yeah, definitely. That community is so important because, like I said, sometimes you can feel like you're all alone, and that's that's the biggest thing that spurred me on to do this podcast. Because you know, with the uh, when we were all on lockdown from COVID and just everything was going on, and you know, we were all isolated as it was, and then on top of that, you have Turner syndrome, and that's isolating. And I wanted I wanted mm-hmm. to create even if we couldn't be in person, I wanted to create something that would feel like a community where you you wouldn't feel like you were alone. Exactly. I think that's one of the biggest parts of it is not feeling alone. And I'm so glad that you did because I've been listening to your podcast and everyone else's stories and it's amazing how, you know, like, we're all very similar, but we are also all very different and have our own stories and everything. Yes, that's exactly what, I mean, that's why, what makes me so excited to do this, because I feel exactly that same way, that 
we have all these common threads, you know, of things that are similar, but at the same time, each story has still got that unique little something to it. Exactly. <laughs> so what, what advice would you give to all the butterflies listening today? What would you like to say to all of them? I would like to say that um, I think it's very important um, to connect with other butterflies. And it's very important to have that community. And I also think it's very important that um, for butterflies, the, the people around us who aren't familiar with Turner syndrome, um, and don't know a whole lot about it, um, that it's very important to, like, give them, like, awareness of, like, what is going on with us, what we actually go through, what Turner Syndrome is. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it'll help people understand more. Yes. I think awareness is very important. Definitely, and I th- there's so many resources out there um, to help build awareness. You know, we've got the we've got some great foundations now um, that that really strive to raise awareness and also try to connect um, butterflies with good health care. And you know, there's a lot more um, re- out there than there used to be. When I was younger, there was nothing out there. I mean, I felt like I was just this lone little butterfly all alone <laughs> and me too <laughs> and now there's so many resources i mean technology can be and social media can be you know a blessing and a curse <laughs> and the blessing of it Absolutely. is is that it's it's really helped to bring butterflies together i love um, getting into the different facebook groups and just seeing how we all all try to lift each other up and share our stories mm-hmm. and just that sense of community, like you said, it's just, it's so, so important. It really is. And I think it's important for butterflies to know that they're not alone. Yes. Yeah. If that's the one biggest message that I can get across through this podcast, it, it truly is that message that you're not alone and that your story matters. Absolutely. Well, Stephanie, is there anything else you'd like to to share about your journey or um, anything else you'd like to say to the butterflies listening today? Oh, I just want to say that I really appreciate you having me. And I really, really think that all of the all of the the medical things that we go through, it's just, it's hard, Mm -hmm. but I know that there's like so many of us, so many of us that go through all of it. And I think it's just really important to, like you said, yeah, just to know that we're not alone and yeah. to know that there are people that can relate to you. 
And I know that I've been, I've been definitely struggling with a lot of medical issues. Like, um, you know, I just recently got diagnosed with diabetes. I've had, um, ear infections, you know, like when I was younger, I had Mm -hmm. so many problems with my ears. I had about four tubes. I had about four tooth surgeries. I had constant ear infections. Mm-hmm. I was in and out of the doctor. I was getting ultrasounds every, like, twice the, you know, I felt like a science project. Oh, yeah. But, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everything. Definitely feel that for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's really good that there's so much more awareness out there and, being able to be on Facebook and have the forums and everything else. Because when I was younger, like you were saying, nobody really knew about Turner syndrome. Nobody even really knew what it was. I didn't mm-hmm. even fully understand what it was. Yeah. So I think like people are a lot more familiar with it now. And it's, and I, I never had met anybody else that had Turner syndrome. So I think, Having the technology we have has been amazing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's it's definitely, like I said, the blessing is that it's brought a lot of us together. And, and yeah, there is so much more awareness now. And, and hopefully that will just continue to build. And, you know, hopefully one day um, we'll have Turner Syndrome as just something that, you know, like... I don't want to compare it to cancer, but, you know, I mean, everybody knows of all these other illnesses, if you will. I don't want, you know, I don't like to put it in that, I guess, negative light, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, Absolutely, it, yeah. you know, that we need to build that awareness so that it is, it is as common and um, people put as much effort into research as they do into other areas of healthcare, And it's all important. You know, yeah. I mean, all the research is important on everything that's out there. And I, right. do, I do feel like we've made a lot of strides, but we definitely can keep on going and keep that awareness going and hopefully even get further with, you know, research and, and building communities and just getting it, getting it out there, you know. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's only going to get more and more and hopefully like you said there'll be more research and it will be to a point where it's you know there is just as much research and knowledge about it as other conditions yeah yeah because it's all they're all important i don't i'm not trying to say that you know turner syndrome should be above anything else but um i feel like it should be brought up to the same level as other you know and the medical profession can only do so much you know I mean they're trying to yeah you know but hopefully the medical field will catch up (laughs) yeah I think it will yeah well Stephanie it's been so great having you on the show today I'm gonna let you get get back to your day and we sure (laughs) appreciate your story and appreciate your time today and thank you so much so wonderful talking to you too thank you so much for having me you've been a wonderful guest and i hope you have a great rest of your day and i hope everybody listening has a great rest of their day and we'll catch you you on the next episode thanks everybody (laughs)